Hi, this is Polly with another episode of Conversations with Psychics, podcasts to help us find out what psychics do, how they do it and why. Join me in discovering that they are everyday people who do extraordinary things. In this, the second episode with Sherry Clark, mediumship teacher, amongst many other things, we talk about how she started as a mediumship teacher, her training with Ivy Northage, believed to be one of the best mediums that's ever existed. We go into more detail about the chakras and how they work. We take you inside a mediumship class where Sherry takes us up to the third eye and then we work with a guest. Obviously, for privacy reasons, I can't go into any detail but it does give you a flavour of what happens in a mediumship class. From then on in, Sherry and I carry on our discussion. This is a fascinating insight into what mediumship teachers do and what mediums do to learn the craft. If you haven't heard it already, please do listen to part one. Tell us what you do and how you got into it. I started training at the College of Psychic Studies with Ivy Northage, Mary Poulton, and Janet Allman, who worked as a team. And at the same time, I started to train as a healer. But it was too overwhelming to do both at once, so I put the healing to one side and continued to train. Uh, firstly, as a psychic, because that is the route you train, first of all, to uh, deal with the psychic level or the auric level. And then when you've mastered that, you move on to a higher vibration. The transition between the two levels can be very difficult and you can find that you stay at the psychic level for quite some time until you have sufficiently mastered the transition between the two levels. But did you want to be a medium and you knew that you had to master the psychic level to become a medium or did you aim to be a psychic and then through that you discovered that you had mediumship abilities? I had no desire to do either <laughs> at the time, although I'd had a, an interest in the occult, as it was called, when I was a child. But I wanted to, uh, I went with my friend Tara to the college, and we both wanted to do a healing course. And there wasn't a healing course on the night that I was free, or so I thought. The only uh, course was I can't remember the name of the course, but it was Psychic Development, it was called. Once I'd enrolled on the Psychic course, I found that there was actually a healing course on the night that I was free. So that was a bit of a mystery, but that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> so I started on the course and enjoyed it very much. And I started that in 1990 and went up two levels quite quickly Ivy was very strict, the whole team were very strict, and we were taught the, the basics in as chakras, and had to learn about the chakras, and it was strict in as much as we were taught to only move the energy up to the heart level for psychic work. So we got used to how that level worked, so we could then differentiate between the psychic auric and the mediumship level when we got to that stage. So we were only allowed to take the energy up to the heart, although we did open our chakras fully. All seven chakras we opened fully. So over a period of time, Ivy Northage, who was teaching at the SAGB and the CPS, she decided 
to leave the CPS, her teaching at the CPS, and move to the SAGB, although she was still doing her consultations there and Chan lectures. That's channeling. Channeling yes. Chan. Chan, with Chan, her yeah. guide. Yeah. Um, she then told me at that time, through Mary Poulton, that she wanted me to teach. However, it's not something I'd really thought about. And Mary Poulton was staying at the college. And as she was my primary teacher of the group, I wanted to stay with her. So I stayed there for another year. And then the whole sort of team moved over to the Spiritualist Association. And I went there. And then obviously the universe in some way did want me to teach because that's when I started to teach. Teaching psychic or mediumship? No, you can't start with mediumship unless you're a very experienced teacher and have been teaching a long time. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest that's a good idea. However, I'm open to contradiction with that. Yeah. So I started um, a beginner's class at the Spiritualist Association. And that just gives you an idea of how how difficult it would be to just start mediumship if you hadn't got experience. I went on to teach a beginner's class, an intermediate. And then after several years, I was there 14 years. So when I felt sufficiently ready, I started to teach a mediumship course. But you have to have a a knowledge of the difference between the two levels and working on them and have worked as a medium yourself. Because at the time I wasn't actually working as a medium myself. So I think until you have that experience, you can't teach other people to do it you have oh, yeah. to have that experience ah. and then intermediate you're being stricter with the students in what they do yeah. and you're introducing them to working on a higher vibration and how that works so can you explain that and the method i taught was ivy northage's method using the chakras a chakra means a wheel sanskrit name means wheel yeah it's an energetic force and uh, when you're using it for purposes of working and visualization, you can use you can imagine a vortex of energy. So they're on every layer of the aura. Yeah. There are three hundred and sixty in total. Yeah. Allegedly. So the seven main ones we use, uh, the base and the crown, which are the first and the seventh, are always open. Yeah. And the others are what we call closed. They're not actually closed, but we desensitize them or sensitize them depending on whether we want to work or whether we don't want to work. And that's a form of discipline so that we are protected. The chakras are connected by the nadis. They're connected together by the nadis because you can't just have chakras with nothing, you know, just floating, not connected to anything. Yeah. Because how would the prana or the chi be distributed? That's the energy force we use. Yeah. Okay. So just going back to the 360 chakras, you've got the seven main ones we use. You've got them on the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet, anywhere you've got a joint got a chakra you've also got the auric ones just above your ears yeah we also now talk about the transpersonal chakras uh one for grounding which is the earth star which is several feet below your feet and then um above the crown slightly back is the causal chakra then six inches approximately above the crown is the uh soul star and then 12 inches above that is the stellar gateway now these are all again as they say received wisdom so these chakras the main chakras are connected together by a network of energy called the nadis and there are seventy-two thousand nadis around your 
similar to the meridians. So that's Chinese, isn't yeah, it? But th- similar, ah. but not similar energy. So oh. the three main nadis that we deal with are the shishumna, which is the main channel of energy, which goes from the base up to the crown. Mm. Then you've got the ida and the pingala, which are opposing forces, sun and moon, and they're either side of the nostrils. So there are two trains of thought. One train of thought is that they start at the base and they spiral up between the chakras moving them as they move up and then they come one comes up into the back of the head and down and the other one comes up at the side into the nostrils and that is probably those people that have done alternate nostril breathing will understand that that's the force that they're dealing with there is another train of thought that it's just tram lines coming up yeah okay yeah. So when you when you breathe in, you're breathing in prana, chi, universal energy, and it's distributed along these nadis and activates uh, energy in the chakras. Okay. So that's what the ancient <laughs> yogis used to do when they when they could sit for days just breathing in air. It's not something I would recommend, but no. they would store prana to keep them going. Explain the psychic work at the heart level and then the mediumship work at the brow level you move the energy up to the heart and you expand you feel yourself expanding and you just sense and see what it feels like when you're working on the psychic level if you have a creative mind you'll see lots of things you'll feel lots of things very body orientated you'll feel cold you'll feel hot you'll feel sad you'll feel tingly you could maybe draw things, draw an orograph. You can draw what you're seeing. You're seeing a house and a dog, and you can see a particular building the person walks past on the way to work. And um, you can sense a family situation that the person maybe has a problem with their sister. You sense these things on that level. So moving on to the mediumship level itself, it is totally different from the physical level. It is um, it's higher. You're higher up. And you have more of an expansion and you're in a head space rather than in a body space. Let's put it like that. So it's a knowledge. You have a knowledge of somebody there. It is strange. It's it's a very, very different level of experience. And it's something you can't really explain until you've experienced it. We'll now take you inside a mediumship class. To begin with, you'll hear Shari opening us up to start working. And then you'll hear a little snippet from somebody who's just worked and Sherry talking to them about what they did. And she asks me whether I've tuned in. I'm actually on Skype at this point. We ask Archangel Michael to protect ourselves all while we're working in this unfamiliar environment. We ask for protection front, back, above, below, left, right, within for the highest good of all. I ask you all to please engage with your gatekeepers. If you don't know you've got one, Please ask your gatekeeper to protect you and anything that comes through into your subtle body for the highest good of all. I ask you also to contact your guides and ask them to work with you this evening. The energy feels quite good, even though we've had a little bit of a break. I'd like you to re-establish your connection to the Earth Star Chakra below the Earth. And if you feel you need further grounding, feel those roots that you drop down to the Earth Star Chakra, dropping further down and connecting with the Mother Earth energy. 
feel that magnetic force strengthen you, particularly with the base chakra and your skeletal system. Feel that support going right down into Mother Earth and then coming back up to the Earth Star Chakra, into your feet, base chakra, and into your subtle body. It starts with some gentle breaths at this point. So breathe in gently, expanding your rib cage, letting your abdomen fill with air. And hold and slowly release, listening to the sound of your breath. Just like you to revisit the layers of your aura, moving out from the physical body. Focus on each layer, bringing light to each layer as you move out. Now starting with the base chakra, I'd like you to visualize beautiful red flower, fully opened. Focus your attention on it. Energize it with your thoughts. Feel that energy flowing around the area of the base chakra. Move up to the sacral, second chakra. Visualize the orange bud gently opening its petals as the sun comes up until it's fully open, front and back. And then really focus on energizing the chakra and the glands and the physical areas associated with it. And also any emotional connection you have that you know about in this area. Now move up to the solar plexus, visualize the yellow bud gently opening its petals front and back as you focus your attention on it until it's fully opened, fully vibrant. Do the same thing at this level Revisit the glands and the physical areas associated with the chakra and also any emotional connection you may have to have to this area. And now move up to the heart, visualize the beautiful green bud, gently opening its petals until it reveals a beautiful pink, rose pink center. And then focus your attention on the energy around that area, physical areas, and the glands, the gland, thymus gland. And from there, move up to the throat, visualize the blue flower at the throat center, gently opening its petals, and it's fully open, fully vibrant, ready to communicate, focus on any areas of the body associated with this chakra, any emotional issues. And then move up to the brow. Visualize the indigo bud at the center, gently opening its petals front and back. So you have a beautiful indigo flower. Feel the vibration at the center that you're going to be using later. Any tension in that area. Visualize the window front and back, open the window and let the tension go. And now move up to the crown, which like the base is open to let the energy flow through. Visualize the thousand petal lotus gently resting on the crown. And should you wish to use the color violet or white, it's your choice. 
For those of you that wish to, just make a note or tune into the energies of the three other transpersonal chakras moving away from the crown, causal, which is slightly away from the head, and up a couple of inches from the crown. And then six inches above the crown, the soul star. And then 12 inches approximately, the stellar gateway. Just focus your attention on the chakras when they will, when you're ready, energetically they will open in their own time. I think it's good to have an awareness of them. And if you're already working with them, they will be energized. Visualize a rainbow light now coming into the stellar gateway through the soul star causal crown. Filling your shishumna, your main channel of energy, with rainbow light. Feeding each of the chakras as the rainbow light moves down. Feel it moving down from the base, down your legs, into the soles of your feet, and down to the earth star chakra, and shedding the rainbow light down into Mother Earth, where she will disperse it as she sees fit. As soon as you feel ready, open your eyes. Who is our guest this evening? So, um, as we all know, it's not an exact science, but if you manage to bring something through to her, for her. Okay, so let's, uh, let's remember to, let's have a little bit of expansion once you take the energy up to the third eye. To feel that expansion pulling you up, always assuming you're properly grounded. When you're up there, go for a little bit more expansion to help sharpen your mediumship. In the next little bit, one of the mediums has been working and we hear Shari commenting on what they've done and how they did. That's good. That's another good fact. Just one more fact and then you can go to the message. Very good. Now ask her why she's come. Bring yourself back down. Do you think she may have had one coming on the back of the other? Everything you got mm. was correct. Mm. Is she still there with you? Do yes. you want to go up and see if there's any more information? Oh, uh, Polly, are you still there? I am, I am yes. I, I just wondered if you got anything. Well, mm, something a bit vague. I felt that there was um, a man, a, a youngish man, you know, or a peer man, not family, who was quite sort of urgently trying to get through, but I couldn't get a fix on it. All I could say, well, should I carry on? Yes, carry on. Yes. You still got him. Uh, yes, he is. He's to my left. Not that that counts for very much, but um, no, he seems very urgent, like a, uh, it's like a friend. I'm quite small. He's actually smaller than me. I'm quite slim. Uh, sort of more... Yeah, he's just not a big guy. <laughs> Can you take that? I just get more when you were growing up. And sort of 
finding out about the world. I mean, literally, like, as you're growing up. Well, I don't know that this, this is a bit hard, I must say. I just, I get, okay, I get him in, uh, he's outdoors, he's outdoors, and there are trees around, and I think there's a river nearby, or some sort of form of water. Yeah, river, not sea, or lake. And he, he's just, he's just very sort of um, urge, urgent. I can't, I can't, yeah. Am I doing okay? Do you want me to carry on? Yeah. You might, I might, you might have given too much away now for me to get it. I can't, um, it, oh, I don't know what to say anymore. Could it be that, you know, as we know, they did present themselves when they were younger? He's not. I it's not, I tell you what it is, it's not, I can't see him. I, I very rarely see people, so I don't see a sort of young, fresh-faced person. What I get definitely is not a family member, small, like significant, I'm five foot six and he's smaller than me, and he's not a big, not a big chunky guy. He's, he's just a, a, a you know, a small, relatively wiry guy. He might have a, a quite a slimish, slimish face with quite a narrow nose. And he's got um, swigs. I don't get those sort of things. But I get that he's fair looking. He's, he's, he's fair in his face. He's definitely not dark. And I get that you discovered things together. I don't necessarily get that he's particularly fantastically intelligent. I get I get a kind of more uh, enthusiastic about things, and possibly, well, and also that you were you would discover things together that nobody else like you couldn't have ever discovered these things with somebody else. Like it had to be the two of you that were discovering it. And I can't tell you what you were discovering. It was like you were so lucky that you had each other to delve into these things and these interests. And and, and actually, I don't get that it was a specific interest. I think you were just generally interested in things. Would you want to ask him why he's come, Polly? Maybe that will, it'll fall into place then. Well, yeah, I mean, what he's saying is that, uh, is that, yeah, okay, he's saying, remember how good it is when you, you discover something new and how just that raw energy of discovering something new and how exciting it is. And it doesn't matter whether it's, um, you know, discovering about earthworms or discovering about a planet or something like that. It's just, really exciting when you learn something and you go really and that for some reason he's saying don't forget that and it doesn't even need need to lead anywhere you're saying it doesn't need to lead anywhere you can learn about a planet and you don't, it doesn't mean you're going to become a, 
uh, an astronaut, it's just that, isn't it fantastic to learn about planets? That's what he's saying. You can take that, Lynn. You can take that, Polly. Ah. So would you like to just give some feedback? Shari asked the sitter to give feedback and it turned out that the description I was giving fitted with somebody who had committed suicide. And so I then talk about how I didn't get that energy. Um, yeah, I don't get any suicide um, feelings. Well, I d- he's, he's, he's very sort of unformed, if you know what I mean. What I do get, and before you started talking, I was going to say, I get very clearly that he was very difficult to pigeonhole. You couldn't pigeonhole him. He was like a kind of kaleidoscope. And I think that made it difficult for him to uh, sort of find his, to settle, really. And maybe that's an aspect of the sort of the, the depression, like the hidden side. But I don't know. But I don't, I would have no inkling of suicide. Polly, I think sometimes, sometimes with suicide, as it's so recent, that there's a lot of confusion still there. Right. So may, maybe, I'm not saying absolutely, that, that you're only getting those aspects because he hasn't got it all together yet as to what's happened. I think what we should do is if we all all just say a prayer, because with, with suicide, just say a prayer mm-hmm. to hold him in the light. Uh, we just ask for to be shown the light, to show, show his loved ones in spirit, his friends and relatives who have passed, help him to see them and to make his way into the light for the highest good of all. And we thank him for coming. Polly, mm. you make sure that you cleanse properly. I'm sure you will. Yeah, I mean, I don't get uh, don't get sense. I don't get a sort of intense sense of it, but I slightly feel that my uncle, who, as you know, I always thought killed himself, is the person who's uh, helping him here, and that he's fine. Like my uncle is going, okay, now we leave the flat. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm doing that. Let's have a cleanse, everybody cleanse. So let us bring the light down, cleanse away anything you've connected to that you don't need to take home with you. Feet firmly on the floor. Ask your um, guides and guardian angels to work with you throughout the coming week with anything that you need to be working on to just prompt you at the moments then when you need prompting, just give you a little sign as to whether you're on the right road or whether you need to think about something in particular. And as you're all very aware and intuitive, you should be able to pick up on these things. So ground yourselves once you've cleansed and start the closing down process. Need me to talk you through, I will do if you like. Visualize the crown chakra gently, slowing its energies down and protect with a circle of light and a cross of light front and back. Well, over the top rather than front and back, sorry. Although you have got the base chakra, so it could be bump below. Move down to the 
bra chakra, visualize the indigo flower gently closing its petals as the sun goes down until it's in bud form and protect with a circle of light and a cross of light front and back. And down to the throat, visualize the blue flower at the throat center, gently closing its petals until it's in bud form and protect with a circle of light and a cross of light front and back. And down to the heart, visualize the green flower, the pink center, gently closing its petals till it's in bud form, and protect with a circle of light and a cross of light front and back. Now down to the solar plexus, visualize the yellow flower closing its petals till it's in bud form, and protect with a circle of light and a cross of light front and back. Move down to the sacral, visualize the orange flower closing its petals until it's in bud form and protect with a circle of light and a cross of light front and back. Then move down to the base, which like the crown is always open for the energy to flow through. We'll give it some protection as the energies slow down, the circle of light and a cross of light. Bring your feet firmly on the floor, attached to the roots of a tree, dropping down to meet the Earth Star Chakra, and from there on, Mother Earth. We bring a cloak of protection around our shoulders or imagine ourselves inside a golden egg of light. We should all now be cleansed, closed down, grounded, protected, ready to go out and face the world. We give thanks to the Great Spirit for bringing us all together. And we ask that our individual path in life be one lit, and that we receive the help and guidance we need on our spiritual path. We also ask for love, light, healing and peace. To go to those people, places in the world and animals who need it most at this time. We also thank Archangel Michael, our gatekeepers and guides for being with us at this time. Amen. So that was a class of mediumship. I now pick up again with Shari about her views on mediumship. Can you explain the grounding? Everyone should be taught about grounding, regardless of wanting to do psychic work or not. We need to have our feet firmly on the ground. And it brings a sense of well-being if you feel grounded. So if you can imagine your feet attached to the roots of a tree which drop down to connect with the earth star chakra, which is one of the transpersonal chakras. And if you feel still, still feel ungrounded, you can visualize those roots dropping down further to connect with the core of the earth, mother earth's energy. Once you do that, you'll feel very grounded and very together. And, and issues that you're struggling with might be a little bit easier to deal with. Because people are artists, usually are terribly ungrounded because they're working with the muse they're up with the higher energy all the time they don't come down one of the i think the first lessons has always been that to do psychic and mediumship work you have to you can only do it if you're grounded that's what i've always understood well, that's how, that's how I feel, but then again, that's open to a different view. I feel you can't because you have to be in charge of what you're doing. And also, we've talked about this before, Polly, about 
the bad experiences you can have. When you start to develop, you're open a lot of the time because you're excited about the work you're doing. You may be at home alone and you're open. You're not closed down properly because you've been reading books or watching programmes about psychic matters. Yeah. So you can be open to uh, negative energy. And that you mean the chakras are open? The chakras are open. And so if you get a negative experience, an energy in the room, you can't deal with it. If you're out of your, if you know, if you're not grounded, you can't deal with it. I say this countless times that it's your interest in that negativity that keeps that close to you. Yeah, you said that before. If if you get something negative in your bedroom when you're lying down, there's a part of you that's wondering, what is it? Yeah. You know, where's it come from? Oh, I'm scared. Yes, I'm scared, but I still want to know. Whereas the best thing to do is to say, I don't want this, I don't need this. I'm in charge of what's happening to me. Please go away. Get out of bed, maybe walk around, ground yourself, make a cup of tea, cleanse, close yourself down again. I can't impress how important it is to ground, cleanse and close down before you go to bed when you're training. And the same in the morning, because, you know, we can do all sorts of things at night in the night time. We can drift off to other realms of well, experience you, and you do that don't you i have done unconsciously i didn't know i was doing it for a long time ivy northage told me that that's what i was doing because i would talk all night and my legs would move all night and i'd wake up feeling exhausted she said it was because i was going to other places to do healing now that's not something i would recommend that any any healers do it's something i was doing unconsciously so she told me to ask my spirit guides to make sure i had a good night's rest and then you so then again i'm in charge of that you know you are in charge of that then if you take charge of what's happening to you that's part of learning to use the equipment isn't it and the other thing that you do is you help people cross over what do you call it? Well, rescuing. I haven't done rescue work. No, oh, I, I, I know. No, um, I have and I haven't. No, rescue work is a specialised work where you help people who have committed suicide, which okay. is very different from helping people over who have not died through natural causes. So yes, I have helped people over. They've been. T- I haven't done it for some time, but it's, again, it's not a conscious thing. I'll be feeling slightly different for a few days and then I'll learn someone's died is close-ish to me and I'll realise then, the realisation comes then, that I have been helping them pass over. But it isn't something conscious or something that you train to do or you want to do. However, rescue work is, but it's something very specialised. Trapped souls, but I wouldn't do that because it isn't something that I, I think that is my path. So there is a there is a difference with that. I didn't know that. But it's interesting that some people that you think, you know, they're coming up to the time when they're passing, and you think that they will need help. When in fact, I've no, I've not felt any different, and I've realised they've gone shot off really quickly, because they didn't want to be on the earth plane any longer, and they were quite happy to go. Like <laughs> oh yes, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. How would you know in a class when? Because it does become very frustrating and this business of plateauing and, Mm. you know, and your classmates are going ahead in leaps and bounds and you, for some reason, not you, but pupil is not getting anything. How do you know when a pupil should just give up? I don't think they should ever give up. I had somebody in a class 
who's a really sweet girl and she, I don't know whether you knew her, but she she used to say every week, oh, I never get anything, I don't know why I come. And we all loved her and she used to go through the motions. And then one week she suddenly just got something. And she actually shouted out and the whole class were quite disturbed because everyone was working. But from that moment on, she started to do automatic writing. She was doing uh, orographs and she did get there. So I would never say to someone, give it up. Not if it's something that they feel they really want to do and they want to help people. You have to persevere. And you must never compare in a class, never compare yourself to the person sitting next to you who started at the same time because everyone's on a different path. I think that's coming out loud and clear, isn't it, that everybody's different. And then that makes me think, what's your view on the role of mediumship? I'll give you a clue. My view... <laughs> what's your opinion I'll tell you what my opinion is that mediumship is evidence of life after death it is not about future work or or you know am I going to get a man or anything like that what's your view yeah exactly it's um, um if you go to if you went to the spiritualist association you know it's head of the spiritualist church you know it's his proof of survival after death and you know to have comforting messages for loved ones and um yeah. you know a lot of people have written books about information that has been channeled through from the other world it's to give comfort and advice but these days we've we've gone so much further with this and branched out into different areas of it that those sort of restrictions are changing slightly because somebody told me that spirit like my dad yes can't tell me what to do they can't they don't know anything more than me i mean he's still my dad i mean i know they will eventually evolve but all they can do is say i'm here i'm hanging around well i slightly disagree with that <laughs> that's only a very polite t- way of saying only it. in terms of um i've had regular messages from someone i know to their family with about things that are going on so they are aware of what is going on and they've given advice in advance of an event so i would be a little bit more open myself to that than than thinking they can't because also i have another view on when someone passes the spirit depending on what level of energetic experience they had on the earth plane and what is in their karma and how much understanding of of what happens when you pass that they can go to different levels in the spirit world. For instance, my father, who doesn't manifest as himself anymore when he comes through, he manifests at a very high level. High level. It doesn't have the same connection to me as my father did, although it does at a higher spiritual level, but it's more of a global thing than a personal thing. I think that they, at that level, at that high level of spirits, they are no longer in, in their personality. They no longer have their personality. Therefore, they have access to higher information. These theories I read and and I feel are relevant to me and how I feel um, came from a book called... I always get it wrong. Testimony of Light. Thank you. (laughs) Helen Greaves. Helen Greaves. Yes. Now, when I read it, I realised that that was what I've always believed and it made such sense to me that when you pass over depending on your level of understanding of what's happened to you, you go to whatever level is right for you. You can go below that level and you can go above that level, but you have to come back to your own level. 
So yeah. someone who's had a lot of lives and is very spiritually evolved would go up to quite a higher level. Once people on the earth plane no longer need that connection with that personality, they can move up. So when I realised I could draw my father close and I could see him and I could feel him and I could smell him. But once that was no longer necessary and that sort of cord between us and the family was no longer that relevant to how we felt, he yeah. went up to where he had to go up to.